The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you seeking more energy and ready to have more healings and revealings in your life? Then you've tuned into the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, spiritual leader of First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is intentional and dynamic. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for all that you do to promote our show, The Intentional Spirit, um, continuing to offer tools rather than rules, uh, which can be applied in a practical way uh, for reaching and changing a world for a lot of people today who feel that their world isn't changing. And today we have a true pioneer, uh, a trailblazer, (laughs) a world traveler. Um, a, a woman that is dedicating so much of her time, talent, and treasures to not just talking about making a difference and collaborating in uh, boardrooms, but actually out in the field and changing lives of, of whales, of dolphins, of, of the people that and the animals uh, that cannot have a voice for themselves. In other words, those of you that know me and have followed me for years knows that she is like one of my identical twins. So, Patricia... God bless you, first and foremost. My hat goes off to you, and thank you for being on this show today. Thank you, Temple, and what an honor to be considered a twin. I I love that you said that, and I, I feel that very deeply in my heart. Thank you for that. Well, I I felt that very strongly when I uh, researched your 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 latest book uh, before we leave you, um, because you're highlighting the messages from the great whales and the dolphins, and it, it's that ancient storytelling that really uh, it captivates people. It gets their energy. It gets their hopefully their involvement, but. Uh, you know, you and I are the type of people that we could talk for, you know, 15 hours and, and not even think that we need to uh, take a break. But having said that, <laughs> I want to I want people to have the opportunity first and foremost, because I, I know about you. But so, Patricia, tell our, our audience, we have people listening all over the world, um, tell our audience uh, some things about you. How did you become an intentional spirit? How did you go from sitting on the sidelines going, make the world a better place for you and for me and all the world to see, to actually doing something about it? How did that happen for you? Well, I was a very clairvoyant child, as many of us are, and had a wonderfully supportive mother who encouraged that in me. So by the age of four, I was already telling her that I I was conscious of being from another galaxy, which kind of was <laughs> before the time of today's children who hear that kind of language. And uh, I was allowed to explore that. And by the age of 12, I was uh, looking for... I was getting support from my mother to get my hands on the Blue Book Project and find out about alien life. And from there, it was a journey. It was a constant journey. I became involved with healing, uh, with crystals and uh, clairvoyant healing, intuitive healing. And my life has pretty much been dedicated to spirit. So I had to get through the whole religious uh, dogma of uh, an Italian upbringing. But that was from my grandmother's side, more than my mother's side, who said, you find spirit wherever you you look for spirit, and wherever you find it, that's that's your direction. I was blessed with that. But I have been honestly an animal activist, a 
uh, an ecologist, a vegetarian, uh, uh, very sympathetic with the innocent life of this planet for, for my whole life. And it's kicked into high gear now because I, years ago I, I took my first water journey out on the ocean and saw my first whale and uh, in the water and looked in the eye of this whale. I was blessed with having the whale come up so close to the boat that I actually looked in the eye of the whale. And anyone who has had that experience, it's, it alters you just like a, a, a near-death experience, I would say. It's that powerful. So this is the direction I've been headed in, uh, although I've, I've got so many different vehicles and directions of things that I'm doing that are my passion. I have to say that the last years I've just been completely uh, just enamored of and dedicated to the whales and the dolphins and the oceans. Well, your book, uh, Before We Leave You, is just, um, it, it, it touches your core, you know, and it just is, mm, it just calls out of everybody. Is there any chance that this book is going to be made into some kind of movie or documentary or anything? Uh, the the book, Before We Leave You, is not, I don't think, but the new book, The Emissary, uh, which has just come out in America and still brings through that theme of human citation connection. But it's in a fiction form, which is my first fictional book. This book has already been picked up by Global Universal Entertainment, which is a Hollywood production company uh, that got very excited about it because I also wrote the screenplay. And I'm delighted to say that this is uh, hopefully going to be made into a, a full feature film. So that's good news, and it brings forward a lot of the the incredible emotion and message of the whale in Before We Leave You, uh, but wow. in a fictional storyline that uh, is probably easier to translate into film and more accessible to even skeptics who are possibly not ready to embrace the idea that whales and dolphins could actually be talking to human beings. So it's that's. have you read that one as well? I have not, no. Oh, well, we've got to get you that, that one in your hands. Yes, absolutely. But tell me more. Tell us more. Okay, well, Before We Leave You, which is the book that you have read, is a, well, it's a book of messages from the whales and dolphins talking to us as highly evolved beings and telling us their purpose on this planet and their multidimensional uh existence is we all know everything is multidimensional anyway so this language shouldn't be new to us we aren't stuck or limited to a physical reality otherwise we wouldn't be able to 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 dream we wouldn't be able to ever escape this illusion of 3d so i feel comfortable to say that all living beings are multidimensional in some aspect and that book talks about that the nature of their multidimensional consciousness and what they're doing on this planet. Let's think about this. The whales and dolphins have been on the earth millions of years, far, far longer than Homo sapiens, which is our species. So surely they have a lot to tell us if we can just tune in and understand. And there is a lot of research going on these days. Uh, My organization, Save Earth Oceans, is dedicated to that research as well. And that is not only learning how to train whales and dolphins to do tricks and to communicate intelligence through recognition of symbols or colors or or signs, but rather to break through completely, to break the language barrier and to be able to receive information and communication from them. I think this is going to happen in our generation. I do too. I, I do too. Good. I think it's going to be like um, so many things where we have then had to go back and apologize for our ignorance of what we were unwilling to understand or to know. So, yes, I'm, I'm totally yeah. with you on and, that you know, one. I, without wanting to beat ourselves up because we're doing, we're doing the best we can, let's say. The human race is, is going through so many changes and we're, we're confronting so many aspects of, of an existential nature. So we we don't want to beat ourselves up, but we do have to recognize that it's 
pretty much a breaking point at the moment for the population to get a handle on the ecology of this planet. I think we're being pushed to the limit to the point where we simply are going to wake up to that and start being the guardians of this earth that we, we can be. And I think messages from the whales and dolphins and all the other species telling us, hey, you're the ones in the power seat. Come on, help us save the oceans, help us save the planet. And this is a very large part of my message in, in all of my material, but specifically in Before We Leave You and also the new book, The Emissary. Well, and, you know, what you're asking people is, you know, to become intentional spirits. You know, that's, and that's what we can do. And I think that's the practical part that, that we talk about. Not everybody's going to join you out in the ocean and, and not everybody's going to, you know, go stand in the line and, and, um, rally, you know, save the dolphins or whatever. Not everybody's going to do that, but there are, there's practical things that people can do every day, um, that help be part of the change instead of part of the issue. And um, I think that's important for people to realize is that, you know, not everybody's going to become an author of it, you know, um, because that I find that and I'm sure you find that that people will go, gosh, you know, I really wish I could do something really big. You know, I don't have uh, mega bucks. I'm not able to do this and that. And the, the unfortunate part is they feel the passion, but they don't do anything, you know, because there's a there's a reason of holding back. Um, rather than, well, what are two or three or four things that I could do now that are simple, you know, that would just be part of the change? Yes, I think that it's sometimes so very overwhelming. The problems seem so utterly overwhelming that it's easy to shut down and say, what's the point? I'm not going to be able to change the world. Mm -hmm. I've had people say this to me all the time. Do you really think you're going to change the world and don't, isn't it a struggle for you always worrying about these things? And my answer is yes, I do believe that I can change the world because every action that we take affects the world. And you look at, at the smallest things that, for example, I recently saw a picture of a tortoise that had grown, had, had, as, a, as, a, as a young tortoise had uh, gotten itself wedged inside of a six-pack plastic uh, pop-top carrier. Uh-huh. And had grown like an eight, a figure eight with the the center of this poor tortoise lodged in this plastic, and then the deformed uh, upper and lower body growing around it. And oh, all it would take is one person either not throwing that in the ocean, or at least snipping it so that it it doesn't uh, endanger the fish and the dolphins and the tortoises. And that's already an action that would have a direct effect on a life. So what I appeal, when I appeal to people, I say, know that every action, every thought, of course, creates reality. And you can take simple steps. You, you don't have to be a warrior. You don't have to be a, a great uh, leader to make change. You can stop using plastic bags. You can stop going to SeaWorld where they are treating whales, the dignified whales and dolphins, like circus animals. There are so many Small things that we can do that add up to great things. And this is my call to anyone that will listen. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you are uh, out there um, making the gentle noise that you are. It's really, it's really awesome. Absolutely. I'm not sure it's always gentle, but it's definitely a noise. <laughs> I, I, threw the, I threw that in there as an intentional spirit. <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, um, I think that we, we are at a turning point and that many, many people now are awakening to not only their spiritual quest, the meaning of being alive at this time, their spiritual purpose, but also the realization that Earth, Gaia, is a living being. And we are the guardians of this living being. And we, the human race, are the most powerful beings to affect change on this planet. So let us look around. Let us start to take those steps as a body of, of human beings 
to dramatically heal the planet. I think we can do this. There are scientists saying we're past the tipping point, but I would never believe that. I believe that we can always change for the better. And the earth is mighty and more powerful than we even acknowledge. Well, you know, I don't know if you're aware of it because I don't know how well we model it anymore, sadly. Um, but that's a different talk for a different day. But uh, the creators, the co-founders of Unity were vegetarian. They were all about honoring the animals, the mammals. Um, they have property in Lee Summit, Missouri, hundreds and hundreds of acres where the deer run freely. The animals are welcomed and all that. And I don't know how that got lost along the way. I haven't met that many practicing people um, that actually are vegetarian. I am one of them. Um, and I, I just, you know, to me, it just it just makes perfect sense as far as healthiness, as far as staying young, as far as uh, balance of the emotional body. There are so many benefits to, um, to being a vegetarian that just totally impact your life. It uh, just allows people to be uh, more light and um, especially to have more energy. You know, it just really makes a difference on that. So I just wanted and you to have to that little bit of it. For the animals that aren't being eaten. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you, I haven't had an interesting experience when I, 28 years ago, when I became a vegetarian, I was cooking up some dinner for my Italian boyfriend. It was veal and it was very tough. And the next day I went to the butcher. Gosh, I can't even believe now, 28 years later, that I can even remember eating meat. But at any rate, I went to the, the butcher and complained about how tough the meat was. And he said, well, senora, I can't help that. It depends on how the animal was slaughtered. Oh, God. And it was as if somebody threw cold water in my face. I said, sorry? He said, well, yeah, the, the, more, pain, you know, the more difficult the slaughter, the more adrenaline the animal shoots out, and that makes the meat tough. Oh, great. And I just looked at him, and I, I could not believe that those words, that I had never thought about that until he spoke those words. That as a mm-hmm. matter how much the animal suffers is depending on how comfortable I am with the quality of the dinner I'm serving. Right. And I knew then I would never touch meat again. <laughs> and wow. wow, how can we be so anesthetized that we, we never, ever think about that? We get our little package of pink dyed meat in the grocery store and bring it home and, and never consider that this is truly the body of an animal. Mm-hmm. So I don't like to lecture people because I'm not here to persuade anyone. We all have very strong feelings about this issue and I don't impose my belief on anyone else. But no, but I think that people, people do need to talk about it because you're exactly. right. We, we are anesthetized because we're not calling it what it really is. It's like uh, we say many we're so, times, we're so you know. separated from it. That's right. I mean, there's Truth. that plastic divider between the, the, the meat and the little container and the grocery store and what we put in our cart. If there were a bunch of animals standing around the grocery store and somebody stuck a dagger in them and then hacked off a piece of the meat, we would certainly have a different view of it. So There's no doubt. my opinion is it's time for us to become a more sensitive, not only to what's good for us physically, but what's good for, for the living creatures of this planet. Why do we have to destroy and kill other animals for food when we, we have this incredible bounty of the vegetarian community of, of flora that we, can, we have everything we need to eat? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that is another whole discussion, but it goes back to the whales and dolphins because we have in Japan, one of the reasons why they're still killing dolphins is because they still eat dolphin meat there. Yeah. Despite the fact that it's full of mercury and toxicity, the Japanese in, insist on eating dolphin meat, and there are other countries that are still eating whale meat. And this just boggles my mind. It, yeah. it really, really does. Well, I'm glad that that you are awake to it. We're listening and talking today to Patricia Corey. 
Patricia Corey, C-O-R-I. You can go to her website, patriciacorey.com. I'm Temple Hayes, and you're listening to a very dynamic um, reality, a different way of looking at truth, a different way of looking at our connection with our planet and part of our responsibility, things we can do short-term, things we can do long-term. We'll be right back after this short break. Thank you for being with us today. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. This programming is made possible through the generous love offerings of listeners like you. If you feel spiritually fed by this programming, we invite you to contribute. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. If you've ever wondered how a specific Bible verse might be interpreted metaphysically, then Interpret This is for you. In Interpret This, Unity Minister Rev. Ed Townley answers your questions about the Bible and how to apply its verses to your life with passion, depth, and spiritual insight. To submit a question or to enjoy any of his numerous metaphysical interpretations, visit unity.org and click on the Interpret This box. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find Thank you for listening to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Rev. Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at theintentionalspirit at unityonlineradio.org. Now, here is your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. I'm talking with uh, renowned author, best-selling author, Patricia Corey. Her books, Before We Leave You, and also The Emissary. I would also urge you to uh, research all the things that she's doing with Soul Quest Journeys, as well as the Syrian Revelations. I mean, she uh, is just a really powerful uh global changer and like myself i'm just so glad to see that you're a global god (laughs) working with global god (laughs) reality uh rather than you know it's just only right here and what i see in front of me um patricia tell us about your you travel a lot you're you're exploring the oceans you're you're into our ocean family the the whales and the dolphins and and we got to get a grip on those sharks too so that they aren't um, extinct on our planet as well. Um, what do you find out there? Tell, tell us about some of the things that uh, we're not informed about. Thank you for that question, because one of my greatest concerns is the obviously the pollution of the entire biosphere, but there is a, a particularly very alarming acceleration of plastic in our oceans, and this is being seen in fish who are, are, their tissues are full of microscopic pieces of plastic, whales that are coming up, uh, that, that are dying, that are, that are full of plastic, little, you know, the, the plastic keeps breaking down, breaking down, breaking down until it's as fine as sand. There are beaches in the world that, that the sand is full of plastic. We know that plastic is not biodegradable, so even if it, if it breaks down into little pieces, it remains forever 
I believe, not to mention the toxins that are emitted and exuded from the plastic as it, as it, uh, is it, what's the word I'm looking for, leached out of the plastic when it's in the water. We have a very grave situation on this planet with immense amounts of plastic in the ocean. In fact, there are now five island-sized or even continent-sized plastic mounds in the oceans where the currents meet. One of them is in the Pacific Ocean. It's huge. It is bigger than the state of Texas. Try to imagine what I'm saying here. Bigger than the state of Texas, a large mass of plastic that has where the currents, uh, let's say, unite in the Pacific Ocean, that amasses and sends all this plastic into its center until, uh, actually, they're called gyros. And it is so dense that you could, I mean, you can walk on this. It's, it's like a landfill in the middle of the ocean. What happens? Birds uh, gravitate to it and they peck at it. And, of course, I imagine there's all kinds of bacteria and life, uh, microscopic life forming on them, always toxic. And it's seeping down into the water. So I've been told by researchers that it's not just on top of the water, but it's actually a soup of sludgy plastic that is seeping down into the ocean as well. And there are five of these in the, in the, around the globe, which means more and more are being formed. Most people don't know about these islands of plastic in the oceans. Just why is it, what this why is is it Pat- Patricia, why is it that people don't know? And how is it getting there? It's getting there because we dump plastic into landfill. Every time you drink out of a plastic bottle, ask yourself, where will this bottle end up? Knowing that plastic simply never leaves. It is the most dense material on the planet. In fact, they say that our generation will be known. We've had the Industrial Revolution. We've had the the Iron Age, uh, the Industrial Age, and we will be known as the Plastic Age, which is frightening. But basically, where's the plastic coming from? From waste, from human waste. Whether that is individuals, whether that's dumping from corporations. uh, Geez, I have seen so much garbage on the beaches, I just can't even believe it. The simple matter of going on a picnic on the beach and leaving your empty plastic bottles or plates or whatever, not dumping them in the right containers, et cetera, et cetera. We need to stop using plastic overall, but certainly in the meantime, reduce as much as possible the use of demand glass bottles, for example, and use biodegradable bags. Did you know that one person in a, in, a, in a year, uses something like a thousand plastic bags. Wow. One person. Now make that times eight billion people. Right. And that'll give you an idea of just the, ba- the plastic bag problem. Well, I. Scary? It is pretty scary. And, and there are just certain practical tools to do with that. I've been carrying, um, I buy a new uh, glass bottle. Uh, just about every year, it, you can use it in the dishwasher. And I've been using a glass bottle for the last uh, 12 years. I don't use uh, plastic bottles. I don't. Um, and I can't believe that people actually think that they're getting um, water in plastic, thin plastic jugs that's been sitting on containers and in hot trucks and they actually think that it's purified water. <laughs> that is, that just, you know, that's when you said that we are going to be known as plastic in some ways, not to be derogatory, but my opinion is if people are going to wake up, somebody's got to be shocking. You know, it's like we have, we've yeah. taken the soft approach. I'm sorry. The soft approach isn't working. Um, and I think the clarity of purpose, people like you on a mission, people like me that, you know, we do state our opinion. You can take it or leave it. It's up to you. It doesn't really care. You know, I mean, but I don't think that the soft approach works anymore. But when we're talking about that, we are considered like the era of plastic is because we have become plastic, you know, plastic meaning non-authentic. 
not real mm-hmm. in a way of that we have become so hardened. We've separated ourselves from the ground, the earth. You can't separate yourself from something you're made of. I mean, hello. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, it's not going to be a win. I mean, there isn't a win that's going to come from this because you can't separate yourself from that which you're made of. It just isn't. Is isn't possible on any dimension, but the other part is just fascinating to me that you know people will literally go and buy these water bottles and they drink all this purified water and there's nothing. It's the most toxic water you could ever put in your body. It just blows me away. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You think that because you get four for a dollar, it's really good for you? Um, It's horrible. It's horrible. And it is the greatest scam ever perpetrated on the human race because (laughs) you do get water out of your tap, which, of course, we pay for that, too. But people say, oh, but you can't drink tap water. Here's an idea. Like you said, aside from the toxicity of of this water sitting in God knows where for how long leaching out plastic in in these bottles of so-called wonderful water for you, um, uh, you can get yourself a beautiful water purifier. I don't endorse any particular product. I have no, let's say, benefit from endorsing any particular product, but there's one, for example, called the Berkey filter, which is relatively inexpensive, and it is so good that when you pour, if you put water in it with dye in it, like food dye, it pours through and it comes out crystal clear. That'll give you an idea of how how wonderfully it filtrates uh, things out of it. So, more and more people are telling us that are that are in the know that tap water purified and he- and collected in a bottle is so much better for you than bottled mineral so-called mineral water. Absolutely. Well, I use a uh, neat. There, there, neat. Go ahead. Think about how many plastic bottles we use each day as individuals. We are just totally OD'd on plastic, and it all seems to end up in the ocean. And that is unacceptable. Yeah. And that's, you know, if, if, if everybody, if that could be your takeaway, you know, and you forward this show to all the people that you know that just use plastic bottles. I mean, that alone would make a difference um, just in some measurable way, you know, starting, starting right now. I use the Nikan showerhead, the Nikan water filter system, and I've been using it for about 17 years. And they tell me I'm one of the most dehydrated people that they ever test. Because that's another thing is that even though water, this kind of crap water might be going in your system, your body doesn't recognize it because it's full of all these chemicals and all this stuff, you know, like you were saying. And so it just doesn't really have any any benefits. But this is, you know... Why well, I said you and I could talk 15 hours and never take a break because we obviously have so much passion, you know, for this kind of stuff because, and that's to me what I do. I, I just feel like, where do we go with common sense? Have you read that? If you haven't, I'll, I'll have to send it to you, but it, it talks about that there's been a death in our society and it's called we are burying common sense it's just hysterical you could google it and you could read it but i mean but it's so true it's like we have become so robotic to whatever the commercial says to whatever the movie says to whatever it says that we just go out and do it do it do it do it and we never you know, we're not questioning it. We're just, well, they said to, who's they? You know, well, those people, who and why? And um, we aren't using common sense. It's like, um, you know, I think another one that's, you know, I don't know if we'd call that in the plastic department, but are all these shoes that are like the flippy floppy shoes that they're not good for you. They're not good for your body. People have major, they're having knee replacements left, right, and in the middle to get plastic knees because they're not wearing the kind of shoes that our humanness is designed to walk on. Another level of plastic that we're using that's not good for us. There is nothing good for us about plastic at all. Right. It's permeated all of our, every aspect of our lives, even the toys for children we know are toxic. We see a lot of the stuff that comes out of China that ends up being extraordinarily toxic, that, it, that is in baby toys and children's toys, and for goodness sakes. For goodness sakes, where are, when are we going to stop this? 
slow down with all of this and, and take a, a minute to recognize how this stuff does not break down. All you have to do is look at somebody's backyard that has children and their mountain of plastic toys. These don't break down. What are you going to do with them? Dump them in the yeah, dump? They, yeah. And then where does the dump go? It ends up in the ocean or seeping into the earth. I mean, eventually that's what happens in toxic dump sites. The, all of the chemicals and poisons that are there eventually seep down into the, ocean, into the earth. And, of course, the water mantle. And a lot of this goes back out to the ocean. But not that I have any less concern about the, the earth. So this is a, a, an era when we have got to really come to terms with more than any other issue. We've got fear about the financial world, fear about uh, terrorism and war and all of the difficult things that we're confronting as societies. But I think there is nothing less important, more important than the ecological imbalance on this planet at this time and what we're going to do about it. Absolutely. Well, you know, another thing, Patricia, that I don't really hear many people talking about, but it's just another area of common sense. When you looked at when we started discovering cancer, it's when, um, as a culture, we started using microwave ovens. And as you remember, at the same time we started using microwave ovens, we had to sell all the things that go with them. In other words, plastic bowls. So we went from using plas- uh, glass to using plastic. And uh, ever since then, we've been on the rise of cancer. And I have a microwave oven in my house, but I use it as a clock. And um, I'm disappointed when the time changes, but that's the because I have to change it. But that's the only time that I ever do uh, anything with a microwave, you know, because it it changes the chemicals and the food so much, um, and then absorbing the plastic as well. It's just so right. not not healthy at all. So little fact, things that in my one can do. The Cosmos of Soul says, dump the microwaves. First of all, it rearranges the molecular structure of the food. That's what happens when it heats up. It's not. It, it's changing. It's causing the mo- molecules of the the essence of the food to mutate. And we don't. Is that what we want? Mutated molecular structure of food. Most a lot of which is filled with chemicals because these microwave ready products are chemical disasters. Right. So not to mention the uh, electromagnetic radiation that they emit. My mom, who had health issues, used to make her coffee in the morning, and then in the afternoon she would she'd have a cup left, and she would stick it in the microwave. And I, she would stand there in front of the microwave and look and watch until it was ready, and I'd say, Mom, aside from the fact that if you've got to drink coffee, you deserve to have a fresh cup at 3 o'clock, <laughs> Why would you stand in front of the microwave and let yourself be bombarded by these waves? <laughs> oh, I love and it. That's so said, funny. He said, "Mind your own business. I like this. I like it this way." But I loved her, and I saw her really doing herself physical damage with this this one thing, the microwave. I, I could not convince her of what she was doing to her body by using it uh, and standing in front of it. People don't realize it, but it emits very dangerous waves. I mean, that's why people who have uh, pacemakers are not supposed to be near a microwave. We all know that, right? Hopefully, people do. <laughs> hopefully, well, hopefully they do if they've got a micro. If they've got a, they've got a pacemaker. So yeah, it is about. It's, it's my book, The Cosmos of Soul, says, "Do you really have so little time for yourself that you cannot?" Prepare fresh food. You really have to slam a, a, a prepaid chemical soup, pre-mixed chemical soup into a speedy one-minute <laughs> concoction oven and eat that. Do you not love yourself enough to prepare some food that maybe even takes 10 minutes? Well, the ironic thing is it, it takes about the same amount of time. You know, it's just really... Um... It's just common sense, again, and uh, for those of you that are wondering if you're having fatigue or you'd like a little bit more energy in your body, uh, just two or three of these adjustments would give you about 
35 to 45% more energy a day. I can not only prove it, but I live it. So there you go. You're listening to um, a, a very provocative show today. Uh, we're looking at some of the issues on the planet. Uh, we're looking at the fifth step of unity of through our words, thoughts, and actions, how we can be part of realizing and accepting our connection to our creator, and how we can be difference makers. I'm Temple Hayes. I invite you to join us from time to time on unitycampus.org, or you can visit my website, templehayes.org. Um, we are talking to Patricia Corey. Uh, she is definitely a a person you're going to hear more and more about on our planet because of the changes and relationships she is making for those that are listening to our planet. We'll be right back following this short break. Did you know that the Buddha gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that Jesus gave us the formula to create a beautiful, abundant life? Did you know that both these masters taught exactly the same thing? And guess what? They did not teach the law of attraction. They taught the great paradox of prosperity. You can have anything you want. Why, you can have things you don't even know you want. But not by wanting them. Instead, put your attention on the vibrant presence of the divine within. Do that and your life will change. It has to. That is the natural order. Want to crack the code on the great paradox? Get Janet Connors' The Lotus and the Lily. Available everywhere great books are sold. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you. Each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. Music speaks louder than words when you We now return to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being, with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And uh, I'm sure, like myself, uh, many of you are having some kind of uh, wake-up awareness about some of the things you probably didn't know that's going on in our ocean and in our seas. Patricia Corey, who is an animal advocate who stands for uh, those animals that do not have a voice, such as the whales and the dolphins. Well, they do have a voice, but not many people seem to understand what they're trying to tell us. <laughs> Where Patricia does, and we're grateful for that. Patricia. Is any uh, when you're talking about the research and the awareness with the five plastic islands? Is there anybody? I mean, other than you and a few other people doing anything about it, uh, trying to be part of the change of it? Is there is there a place that people can go to sign up or to do something? There are many organizations that are are focused on this problem now, and there's a young man whose name escapes me at the moment, who is trying to develop a prototype of a machine that looks like a glider with these uh-huh. huge arms that can scoop up plastic in the ocean. So there are people who are very aware and, and really working on, let's say, coming up with solutions. The problem with these five islands of plastic is that they all exist in these gyros of incredibly uh, powerful currents. So trying to get to them is very dangerous because you can imagine these these huge current vortices in the the major oceans. Mm. So what I can say is this, uh, my organization, Save Earth Oceans, is going to be dedicated to clean up teams on the beaches, educating the children and and people uh, through different campaigns, 
cleaning it up is one thing, not doing it is, is another. And we need to be working on all these fronts. And certainly a lot can be done so that these islands eventually will be, we've got to find a way to break them up and, and release them from the ocean. But we've also got to find ways to uh, withdraw the plastic from the ocean. Otherwise, we're not going to have any oceans in 20 years. Can you imagine? Because all of the life is being affected through the, as I said, the leaching of the toxicity of this of plastic in the oceans is leaching into the water. The fish, the birds, the whales, the dolphins are eating it. I mean, come on, it doesn't take a genius to figure out that we are going to kill off all the marine life just from the plastic alone. So where can people go to help? I would love, I, I, I'm calling out, I need help, Save Earth Oceans dot org needs help we're a new organization we're trying to get some funding going i want to make one of our first projects going after uh the plastic and the uh to support this young man who is trying to get this prototype built if anyone wants to support us we have a gofundme page if you just look up um saversoceans.org if you can help uh, by donating, we would be very, very grateful because we are ready to roll. And another thing you can do if you if that isn't your calling is get out to the beach and clean it up. Stop drinking bottled water. Refuse the plastic bags at the stores. In one day, yesterday, I went. I, I had to do several errands, and in four different stores, I refused the plastic bag when they handed me the bag. One of them was a pharmacy because I had to get something for my dog. And I said, no, thank you, to the bag. And she looked at me like it was on the drugs. <laughs> I said, no, no, let's save the plastic. We don't need the plastic bag. Let's think about the earth. <laughs> That's funny. She looked at me like I was on the drug. <laughs> <laughs> but we can. Just, if, if each of us does that, what a difference it will make. And if you can donate to any organization that is doing something that you believe in, don't drink your cappuccino for a day. Give $5 to an organization that you believe is doing wonderful work if you can't get out there and do it yourself. Unfortunately, these things take money. Money, money helps move the energy. So please help. Help whatever that is, whatever that organization is. I, For example, I before I opened Sabers Oceans, I, I was very devoted to the Sea Shepherd. They're controversial, but they're out there fighting uh, whaling, and I raised money for them. So there's so much you can do, and it all starts with you, with each of us, each and every one of us. Because we can't really complain about it, and we can't feel bad about it if we're part of it. So every decision will make a difference, like you using the bottle, and I do the same thing. I don't drink. I refuse to drink uh, bottled water. That's like, aside from the fact of how bad it is for me and for the environment, it irritates me that the scam has been perpetrated on the human race and we spend these fortunes on bottled water. I know. And by the way, Coca-Cola has now bought out. Coca-Cola has now got a a big concession on bottled water. How's that for a joke? Mm Mm-hmm. I know. Well, it's just... It it's just fascinates me that people buy it and really think that it's coming from a, a fresh river <laughs> or a fresh mountain creek. <laughs> exactly. And how much more toxic is it? Some some uh, tests have shown that this bottled water is actually more toxic, regardless of the plastic toxicity than water from the tap. So the best thing you can do if you want to drink good water is get an excellent filtration system and bottle your own water in your house in glass. And it will change your life and it will change the energy of your life. Uh, By 5 o'clock, you won't be sleeping somewhere on a couch. You'll actually have some energy to be part of the uh, global world change. I love the website, Save Earths Eat. E-A-R-T-H-S, that's plural, Save Earth's Oceans, plural as well, .org. Go and check that out. And uh, they're doing some amazing things and being part of the change to help with the 
or the ocean itself, obviously, but all the life that is within the ocean. It's all coming up now, and we're becoming more and more aware of the kind of things that we need to do to be part of the change. Not coming from fear, but coming from the place of responsibility. Um, exactly. And what Thank we can you for do. adding that. I mean, um, we don't need to sit around and add one more reason to be afraid of anything. We need to start taking action and being responsible, you know, for... Um, our own common sense and what we can do to make a difference. But I think that's a thing that, that people don't understand either, Patricia. It's more than, I mean, it ought to be that it's enough to know that it will help the wildlife. It will save our oceans. What's it going to be like when we just look at dirty water? But, you know, often, sadly, people need instant gratification. If people just understand the things we're talking about would create them to live a lot longer um, why don't why don't we ask ourselves why have we stopped doubling our life expectancy? I mean, how did we stop doing that? The people, the Fillmores, they doubled their life expectancy. They were the founders of Unity, but we stopped doing that. Why? Because we're not eating nutrition. We're not taking care of ourselves. In order to do that, this would give. People- and there's also the question of the quality of life because if the animals are all go extinct. And the waters are all polluted. Where's the beauty? Right. Let's let's celebrate the beauty of this planet in all of its diversity. Let's make sure that the animals have as much right to being here as we as we do, and can live in in peace. There's no excuse for us massacring billions and billions of cattle every year. And look at all the disease that's coming from eating meat anyway. I'm slipping back to the meat issue. Whether that's eat meat or poultry or fish or whatever, it's time to just give some thought, conscious thought, to what you are putting in your body and what you are taking away from another living being. So I will eventually get an outrageous list of people saying, well, how dare you say that? Vegetables, plants also have consciousness, and I agree with that. If I could just breathe air, I would love to do that only. But um, the difference is, for me, a tree will drop a a ton of fruit, for example, and I will pick that fruit up and I will eat it. And I don't feel pain in that separation from the fruit from the tree. Whereas deliberately killing an animal, those I just can't, I can't live with that. I can't have that in my body. And if for no other reason, the toxicity that's coming into our bodies from these animals and all of their growth hormones and antibiotics and whatever, that alone is wonderful motivation to to stop doing that. So when I hear about the Japanese still eating dolphin meat, my... Obviously, some of us, many of us just feel the pain at the idea of killing a dolphin, but eating the meat, you've got to be out of your mind. Dolphins are, are because the larger animals in the ocean are obviously collecting more mercury and more toxicity, and uh, that's just not smart. Oh, it's not wise at all. It creates a lot of chronic no. health uh, issues, uh, arthritis, fibromyalgia. I mean, there are a lot of people that just are consumed with red meat, don't understand why they have red energies in their body. Hello, again, yeah. you know, um, common sense. Well, uh, please keep doing what you're doing. I, I know I will. And what other forms and whatever ways that I could find a playing field to people that would be open to listening about possibilities. Um, I also want to add to that, that uh, Patricia does all these trips all over the globe. And you definitely want to go to her website, Patricia Corey, C-O-R-I, and check everything out that that she is doing. I want to thank all of you for your continuing uh, contributions to Unity Online Radio. We are a voice of an awakening world, and we're just knowing in prayer and knowing in truth that people are awakening every day, getting back to our divine wisdom of of what we've learned. Uh, Patricia, any last uh, closing statement you would like to make? My closing statement is, and thank you, Temple, for all of the incredible things you're doing to making sure that people hear that uh, passion that you also share with me and to all the people that are listening and making their lives better 
and the planet better. I thank you all. Thank you, Patricia. Bless you on this amazing journey that we call life. Appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on the show today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to The Intentional Spirit, Seeing and Being with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central for tools and simple applications which will support you from being alive to fully living. This program is brought to you in part by First Unity at Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. To learn more about this ministry, go to www.unitycampus.org or www.templehaze.org. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities, quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child. Trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach. Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. We know that God is the source of our prosperity, but how do we manifest it in our lives? We simply change our limiting patterns around money, relationships, and health. Then, naturally, our vitality goes up, and so does our cash flow. We start to live with purpose, sharing our unique ability. Join us on Prosperity Power Hour every Monday at 1 p.m. Central Time to claim your divine inheritance. Prosperity for all, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify. Spotify. 